Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we enjoy conversation with each other of the truth of scripture, theological truth, and then once a month, we will cover a question segment from your questions sent in to coffeewithvern at gmail.com. Boker Tov, Shabbat Shalom, and good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is day nine of my sinus infection, so here I am still <laughs> sounding like a frog. It's awful. This is so bad. Um, Jesse has, uh, just laughed at me. I think Jesse, I've gone through eight boxes of tissues. Yes. Those little like, cube ones. Eight. Yes. Eight. That's an, that's insane. Um, but you know what? That's okay. You know, Jesse, it's a good day. It is a good day. You know, you're, you're on the episode with me. We have a lot to talk about. Yes. Yes, we do. But first let's handle, let's handle first matters. I want to lead into this <laughs> um, here. This is my little rat friend named Patricia. Mm. Um, thank you, Anna Black and Miss Beth for this. So my kids call me rat toes because I, <laughs> I wear my chacos a lot for youth events. And it's, apparently I have long skinny toes that look like rat toes. And there they are. such an endearing name. Can you see those? It's, I don't, mm, you can feel the love when you hear. I don't know how I feel about toes. this thing. This thing honestly freaks me out, but yet makes me laugh. So yeah. we're going to move him out of the way. We just <laughs> handled that because it was sitting there. I want everybody to know about that. Mm. But let's let's talk for a minute about what I don't I don't see anything different. <clears throat> What's different? I don't <clears throat> see anything. Um, two words: chop on. <laughs> That's all I got to say. And for all you haters out there that thought my Braves going to lose the first game, shame on you! All right, and for all you that turned off the TV because you're like they're going to blow it, shame on you. Ninth inning rally, baby. Austin Riley started it out, and then Ozzy Albies came up and did some damage. My boy. Dansby stole a base to second. He looked good and he got dirty as always. God, I love Dansby Swanson. I, I have a man crush on Dansby Swanson. I think I just love him so much. <laughs> um, Anna, I do love you more than Dansby. There are days that that's debatable probably. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Lord's going to make me choke over that. Um, I can't. If you, if you show up tomorrow single, we'll all know why. Four years. I hope not. <laughs> I love you, Anna. Four years. Um, and uh, so it's, uh, yeah, the Braves won last night, Jesse. Now, Jesse doesn't have a lot know. of love for baseball like I do. No, I love baseball. I, I love playing it. And yeah. I used to watch it when I was a kid. Oh, Man, I used to love the Braves when I was a kid. I just stopped watching it. I don't watch anything anymore. I know. I know. You're good about that. I, I don't watch anything but baseball. Yeah. So like I'm, football. Okay. It's, you know, I like football, but I'm not diehard. Well, it, people, when they find out I went to, or yeah, I went to Georgia tech. They're like, Oh, how are they doing this year? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. They, <laughs> sad. <laughs> it's depressing. Yeah. Well. I mean, and then, you know, Georgia fans are just, I am a Georgia fan, but they're obnoxious. Um, I just will stay silent. I, well, you're a Georgia tech fan. I'm not so going to say anything. I can say that about my own people. I think <laughs> I'll get some heck about it later. Uh, and then Falcons, why even be a Falcon fan these days? We're 0-5. Uh, we blow it in the freaking, what is it, the Super Bowl. Mm. See, I can't even I can't You don't remember. even know. That's how sad this is. Mm. But baseball, diehard, played for 13 years. I mean, I die, that's what I care about. Mm -hmm. All right, so when baseball ends in October all the way till March when preseason starts, I'm miserable. It's basketball and football. And you really think I'm entertained by that? The answer is no. 
So I'm a fanboy of the Braves. I'm a diehard Braves fan. So last night game came on. I'm going to move on after this, I promise. But <laughs> game came on at 8 o'clock. Uh, I did not move from my spot on the couch except to use the restroom because I drank a lot of coffee and to get me some cinnamon rolls because Janice made cinnamon rolls. Wow. And, and I didn't miss a pitch. I didn't miss an out from 8 o'clock to 11.45 when my braids did it. Boy, every single one of them said we were going to lose. So you know what? Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Frank Thomas, and whoever the heck the other guy is, if you watch this, shame on you. <laughs> Go Braves. So uh, that's my two cents worth. I'm probably going to wear this shirt every day, and I'm probably not going to wash it because I'm superstitious when it comes to the Braves. Well, I'm glad we're doing Coffee with Vern today and not in a few days <laughs> i'm sorry well let's get into it shall we yeah. um wow we uh we decided last week that we we're gonna have this whole month dedicated to talking about the reformation and the reformers and boy did we do ourselves in with this didn't we <laughs> yes. um you sent me down a rabbit hole is what you did ah uh, dude those rabbit holes are where you find gems honestly yeah and sometimes rats but uh, here we did not find no rats. This just gems. Yes. Um, I told Jesse, I was like, man, we're going to pick like two reformers and we're going to talk about them each week. We're going to save our boy, Martin Luther for the week leading into Halloween. Uh, I mean, uh, reformation day. There you go. Just see, you see what I did there? I corrected myself so that y'all know how to correct yourselves and training, <laughs> training through teaching. Um, but we're going to do Martin Luther that week. Uh, this week is two guys that a lot of people don't know about it's kind of depressing because one of them in particular has got a very uh, <laughs> boisterous personality oh, along yeah. to meet this man um and then next week we're going to talk about jc if you know who jc is um jc is one of the guys that i have done a lot of reading on so i look forward to that i'm not going to get any spoilers i'm just gonna be fun <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, i mean some it's, people are going to think we're talking about Jesus it's Christ. One of, yeah, I was about to say, it's one of two people, and it's uh, not Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Um, man, I'm telling you. Uh, but today, we're talking about John Knox. Mm -hmm. mm, what a dude. Now, you might want to do him second. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ulrich Zwingli. Zwingli. Yes, so Ulrich Zwingli. Um, you've got a lot of information on him. I think I'm going to let you do a lot of talking on him. We'll, we'll, we'll conversate, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, Ulrich Zwingli is one that I don't know a ton about. Uh, I know enough to get by. Mm. Um, and Ulrich Zwingli was part of the Swiss reformation. Yes. Yes. So both these guys were reformers, yes. uh, obviously as we were talking, but, um, when you think of the Reformation, we all think of Martin Luther. We think mm. of John Calvin. Some people think of Philip Melanchthon. Uh, he's a big guy up there. Um, but we sometimes forget about Ulrich Zwingli. There's a guy named Kramer. Um, we're not going to talk about him. Uh, John Knox. As we talked about last week, William Tyndale. Those guys kind of get forgotten. So we're going to bring up into light these guys because there's a lot to talk about. So Ulrich Zwingli. What a dude. Hit me with some. Let, let's get into it, Jesse. Let's <laughs> talk about him. Well, he was born in 1484, and he yeah. died in 1531. One of his uh, most famous quotes, it's real good. I cut out the middle of it, but you'll get the idea. Do not put yourself at odds with the Word of God. Mm. He compares it to the Rhine River after that. Yeah. Uh, one can dam it up for a while, but it is impossible to stop. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's good. And he did one thing I I've found looking up all these these guys. Um, they're ardent patriots, <coughs> and that's that's a big part of why they were a part of the Reformation is because they longed to see their country come to a good place. Right. Um, because they loved their country so much. Yeah, and their, their love for their country was... Um, really the love for the people. Right, it was an out of... I was about to say, it's out of a love for the people of the right. country. Correct. Um, and, and, and here, this even says, Zwingli's reform was intellectual, biblical, and political, mm-hmm. um, as we also will see with John Knox, right. was with John Calvin, and even Martin Luther. I mean, right. each one of them had political matters in it. Um, uh, Zwingli's reform developed somewhat independently. I think that's why he kind of gets pushed yeah. to the side as well. Um, because you see Martin Luther had an effect on other guys. Calvin had an effect on other guys, but his kind of developed independently. Yeah, he he was already in religion. I mean, he was he was a priest uh, in the Catholic Church, and he realized, from what I read, he realized that uh, his duties as a priest inspired more fear <clears throat> than joy. Yeah, and he he was like, "Why is that? That doesn't that doesn't sit well. That yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense to me." So he started gaining an interest for the Bible, and oh, the light came on. Yes, Lord, we're here. <laughs> And so he just became enamored with learning the text. And oh, so yeah. he bought a Greek Bible and he learned Greek. And he just soon, he just started teaching the New Testament regularly. Mm, yeah. And so then he also started challenging customs he thought were unbiblical. And so that's really where his started. Yeah, I mean, in here even, here's a quote that I had. His preaching began to emphasize the authority of scriptures alone, that doctrine mm-hmm. of scriptura. Yeah, uh, sola scriptura. Right. Um, and it's kind of funny. You see a pattern with all of these guys that you don't see anymore in the church today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an active desire to translate the scriptures from Hebrew and Greek. Right. Mm-hmm. Each one of them. Absolutely. And what that did though is it created an immense desire for scripture to be sole authority. Yeah. Because they got the truth out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. He, um, I, I've got another thing. His great influence over the city government at Zurich, Zwingli was able to develop his program reform because of that political matter. Um, he attacked uh, clerical celibacy. He yeah. confessed in his he writings wanted, that he was unmarried. but He not, wanted to get married. Yeah. And he, he read and he was like, that. it's not biblical for us to not be married. Right. And so he, he attacked that. He married in private first. And then once everything was taken down, he married... Yeah, in public, which was really interesting. Twenty-four, yeah, yeah. But see, what's interesting about Ulrich is that his preaching was accepted. He went to the city of Zurich, the Council of Zurich, and he did one of two. They're called the (laughs) Disputations, I think. Yeah, the Disputations, first and second. And uh, Zurich was just like, "Yes, we agree. Keep keep preaching, right? And we'll we agree with you. We're on board. We'll change this stuff." Something that was interesting to me. Um, he has some funny stuff, but I'll talk about that last. Um, something that was interesting to me, and I think it kind of goes back to his his emphasis on the text. Um, one of the reforms that he had put in place was the removal of images from oh, the church. There you go. What's interesting, it was Mary, the saints, but also images of Jesus. He yeah. took down all images which I don't know how I feel about taking down the images of Jesus, but I understand he was trying to just 
laser focus on the text at this yeah, point. Now that's a, so that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Talked about that in college a lot with some people, um, the, especially at this time and even today. Um, and if, if you are a, a brother or sister in the Catholic faith, I'm not trying to condemn, um, but I'm just going to state facts like they are. Even today, the Catholic church has images portrayed everywhere. Yeah. Right. And the, why is that such a big deal is it's taking the focus off of why we're gathering. Um, and if the intent is to gather and see these images and then be reminded to worship, there's an issue, Mm. right? We shouldn't have to be reminded to worship. We should be able to worship Jesus in a dark room. Right. Absolutely. And, and and then that that was such a big issue with idolatry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like Malone, what he talked about last week, images were used and statues were used in the Catholic church because, Regular people weren't allowed to read the text. Right. They were almost, most of the time, the murals were to portray the story since right. they couldn't read it, which is, that's an issue in itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, you you take away the scriptures, let's make an image that, since that's going to help. Yeah. Um, wow. wow. One other big thing he did was in 1525, he convinced the city to abolish mass and with it, transubstantiation uh consubstantiation and transubstantiation mm-hmm. do you know about that jesse transubstantiation is where the bread and the wine yeah. turns into the body and the blood yeah yeah so he abolished that which seems like the lord's supper was where he and martin luther disagreed decided they could not get along anymore that's it yep it was because of that so luther was a advocate for consubstantiation mm-hmm. that the elements the spirit was all around them in right. a sense it's an interesting it was a spinoff from the catholics right but a lot of guys disagree with luther nonetheless on that yeah i disagree with luther then they then they went down to name calling and they were never friends <laughs> gotta love it man i'm not gonna say what they call yeah no other. luther had a mouth on him yeah he, did. he, he had a german mouth that's yeah. for sure in the sense of he liked some language Oh man! With Ulrich, he seems like he seemed like he was a real like he was in a place where he could do these things. So he could, yeah he had sixty seven theses. He was able to talk about them publicly, publicly, and argue them publicly. He was at the city council, and they allowed him to keep I was preaching. Say they accepted him in the city, which is very big. much so. And so I think this allowed him to do you know whatever he wanted. And one of the things that he did in protest of some of the um, religious uh, traditions he disagreed with uh Linton fast ah and so in protest Ulrich Zwingli ate sausages in public that's, I'm talking about. <laughs> that's my guy right there uh, I don't like sausage but that sounds like something I would do. I mean I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at that but I read that and I was like no you need to laugh how at that. can I not laugh at what that? what kind of thing can we get protest I don't know by eating something <laughs> that I would enjoy can it involve bacon? Um, I can't join you on that. Ah, oh, dang it. Oh, it can involve Smoothie King. There we go. There Shout go. out Smoothie King <laughs> for providing me with smoothies. Uh, so what do we learn from Ulrich, though? I mean, I, I, one of the biggest takeaways I know from his life and studying over the years was his love for the scriptures. That yes. The whole emphasis on sola scriptura, which means solely scripture in Latin. Yes. The five solas. But his... He was a big advocate for scripture alone. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so like, how does that help us in the life today? You got any takeaways you want to add? Well, I mean, I think you just look at where he came from. He was full on in the Catholic church and tradition. He was a priest. Um, and when he started question why things weren't feeling right, right to him and why things weren't lining up, where did he go? Went he went straight scriptures. to the text that's and right. that, that answered everything that he oh, that's needed. You got a direct application to the day. So when we start th- seeing things not add up, where do we go? We go yeah. to the scriptures. Right. Yeah. We, oh man, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, Zwingli, he, so he was one of the nicer of the reformers. Yes. He seems like he a had a, nice he had a um, very good reputation in the city of Zurich, which mm-hmm. is big because many of these guys didn't carry a great reputation in the no. cities. Mm-hmm. They were held captive uh, to be quite frank uh, as my boy, J.K. John Knox. <laughs> J.K. John Knox wasn't J.K.ing around, though, oh, with his life. No. Oh, man. So let's just dive on in. Let's let's just swan dive into my brother, John Knox. He, so, was, he was quite, he was quite he the was man. He was quite a read. Yeah, I wrote a, so I wrote a paper on him in college, and while I was studying him, I was like, this man is the GOAT. Yeah, he's crazy. (laughs) So I was telling Jesse before we got on the episode, I was like, man, two guys from the Reformation that I go, man, I want to be like them. And one is who we're going to talk about next week because of his love for his people, his Mm -hmm. flock, Yeah, which is never talked about in his life. Right. But if you read his biographies, I've never met a man or never met. I looked forward to meet one day, but I've never read about a man who loved his church as much. And then John Knox with his oomph, they go, you're wrong. This is what the scriptures say. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think oomph gives it justice. <laughs> That's a gut punch is what that is, my friend. He's, yeah, we'll just have to talk about him. Uh, so <laughs> I'll open this up on this one, this conversation uh, real quick. So John Knox, Scottish Reformation. Yes. So different it, Which area. to me... I, I don't want to sound like I'm stereotyping because I just am. Just go ahead. That is that is part just of where ahead. I come from, my heritage. You got some Scottish in you? Yes. No way. You know, more. M-O-O-R-E. I wouldn't know. I yeah. don't know nothing about names. Well, anyway, I feel like this would make sense coming from the Scottish Reformation. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake, Jesse, my last name's Barnes. People think I live in a barn. Okay. <laughs> You know I mean, I don't know nothing about... It's, apparently, we got some Native American in us. Well, I sure didn't get it because I'm white as a ghost. Well, see, I make, it makes sense yeah, for me. Yeah, that's that's what I got to say about that. Um, Jesse's much smarter than me. He went to Georgia Tech. <laughs> no, means nothing. <laughs> anyway, John Knox. <laughs> so um, I've got my books on John Knox, and I'm just shuffling around over here. Why? Uh, because I love this dude. Um, but his life, so... Let's get into it. Do you have the year he was born? Because yeah, everyone's different about it. 1514? 1514 is what I said. All right, so um, 1517 is when Luther took the theses to Wittenberg. Mm-hmm. So three years prior, Knox was born. So he's a little later in the era. Uh, you know, William Tyndale was in the 1400s. That's fine. Luther came about and, uh, you know, all that good stuff in the late 1400s, early 1500s. And so... John Knox, 1514. Um, he was born in Haddington. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was educated at St. Andrews. I know not know you're going to know this, but pretty much John Major, who is one of the main, if you want to say, professors there, had a huge influence on his life, uh, him going into the priesthood. And then the greatest influence was a mentor by the name of George Wishart, 
who really started the birth of the Scottish Reformation. Some would, or um, some would say yes and no, but his martyrdom, his death, really started a fuel yeah. within John Knox. Well, let's talk about before you get onto that. Let's talk about how he came to know him. Yeah, get, hit me with all that good <laughs> stuff. Because he went to say Andrews and studied theology, right? And then he graduated and became a notary for noblemen, right? John Knox didn't need to be a notary. So like, okay, that's random. So then, because uh, Martin Luther's uh, literature was smuggled in to Scotland. That's what I'm talking um, about. He converted. And you would think, because he studied theology, he would convert and go straight into like preaching mode, right? You think? He became, and this kind of sets the stage for who he is, he became a body, a bodyguard for George Wishart. A bodyguard. He's like, yes, I'm converted. Let me <laughs> let me make sure that nobody hurts you and I can beat up people <laughs> if you need me to. <laughs> Did they just tell you were wrong, George? I'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, Did I'm they converted. say what you just preached was wrong? I got you. Yeah, I'm converted. Let me beat up people for you. Jesse, you want to be my bodyguard when somebody comes after me? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I read about John Knox, and I'm like, what was he like? Oh, my <laughs> I, word. And I've got some quotes about that when we, I mean, to before we get into the George Wishart thing, I'll add his personality. So let's talk about his personality since you yes. got into the bodyguard. Um, uh, many say that he was contradictory and complex, um, but yet single-minded. One mm-hmm. side of Knox could be charismatic, hateful, forceful, and courageous, and intimidating. Um, and so his, his personality, oh, oh, this, these writers, Richard Kyle and Dale Johnson, which this is a great book on John Knox if you need one. Um, they say that a lot of people say he was either or. He was either mad or he was either compassionate. And they say it's better to say he was both in. Yeah. That on Sunday, he was a roaring lion in the pulpit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A roaring lion. I'm, I'm just thinking about what that might be. There's no amplification at this time. So if you're known as a roaring lion in the 1500s, you got a loud voice. Right. Right. And so. And it's terrifying. Th- yeah. And, and this beard terrifies me. I, I mean, was about to say. Look I, at that. That is a. There, you got some crumbs up in that joint. Yeah. Um, a, but then beard. on Monday, he would visit the sick, mm-hmm. his own people, his church. And weep with them and mourn with them. Yeah. Uh, and so Sunday, you're roaring line, and Monday, you're weeping and mourning with your yeah. church. So he was both in. Well, and that's kind of like the quote that I, I found about him was that he, on average, he would preach about half an hour, and he would just exegete calmly from the Bible. And then right. as soon as he would start, again, he loved his country, and he loved the people of his country, right? There you go. And so once he would start applying the text to the situation in Scotland, he would get fiery is what they said. But not only that, but violent in the pulpit. And when there was a quote from someone there at a sermon taking notes that said he is basically, I don't remember it, you know, word for word, but he was so violent from the pulpit, it caused me to tremble out of fear so that I could not even hold a pen. Can you imagine? (laughs) I'm just thinking like this coming Sunday, pastor gets up in there. But see, like you have preachers that are like fiery, and you're like, oh man, there, that's fiery. Yeah. Like there, but like to think that and then be like, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of scared. I don't know if he's gonna come down and punch me in the face or something. Get punched for Jesus. Yeah. Like he's you. He's, 
really mad. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, and I think that what's funny is, you know, we hear this fiery thing. What do we usually relate it to? We relate it to hellfire, burn, 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 you, yeah. know, you got to turn to burn. We think of that in yes. the sense of like, okay, a hellfire burning pasture. If you want me right. to do that, burn or burn, you better burn burn. turn. Or I'm going to execute. Yeah. But this kind of, this kind of burning desire of roaring lion was not the hellfire. It was the, right. Here's a holy God. Here's sinful man. Yes. Let's get it right. Yes. Right. It's not, uh, you're going to hell if you don't see this. It's, hey, we're dead in sin. Yeah. We, we've offended a holy God. Yes. And I think there is a, I think there's a difference. Oh, if you there's don't a, see that difference. There is a difference. There's a big difference. Right. And it's to, to prelude into some of our other stuff real quick, because I, I got to share my favorite story of John Knox before we go. This is what's funny. So if you know a lot about the Reformation, Here's what Jasper Ridley describes this as. Calvin can be seen as a desk-writing scholar. Uh, he would sit at the desk because he wrote commentaries and sermons. Countless. It is noted that Calvin would teach up to 10 times, maybe even more a week. Mm, yeah. Preach and teach up to 10 times a week. <laughs> I, I think I get three. Yeah. Um, Kramer, uh, another reformer we're not going to be able to talk about uh, just because of time, is first seen searching scripture for texts to justify Henry VIII's divorce and remarriage. <laughs> Luther is more vigorous. We find him nailing theses on a door in Wittenberg. But Knox, he's the only one who enters carrying a two-handed sword. <laughs> and so that, that sums it up about right of who we're talking about. Um, he's like William Wallace. Right. I, <laughs> that's like, freedom! Yeah. yeah. In Christ! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> freedom! In Christ. Um, well, see, I think he... I mean, you know, everything is ordained. Yeah. I, it, it was necessary for him to be like that because we didn't talk about this. So let's talk about it. Who, who came into power during all oh, this? Dude, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. We talked about her a little bit last week with William Tyndale. Yeah. I mean, she martyred hundreds of Protestant reformers. Did she? Oh gosh, don't get me started. She and so then angry. you have John Knox. Who's like, I'm not scared of you. Now he did. He was smart, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, very smart. So he did flee when he had to, but he did not ever stop. Yeah. And while he was gone, <laughs> when he was out of country, he wrote a lot of controversial literature. They were called, uh, what were they called, brochures? Tracks. Tracks. Oh, that's where we get yes. that name. Yeah, maybe. And so he, he wrote one. I'm not going to ha- add any commentary to it. I'm just going to read what it is. There you go. The title. Um, I think I know which one you're about to tell, too. Yes. It's called The First Blast of the Trumpet Against yep. the Monstrous Regiment of Women, where he yep. argued that Bloody Mary was the most odious in the presence of God. That's it. Yep. I mean, so he was he he was not scared of her. Yep. I, I, I was, he was smart enough to, to run away and fight another day, but he was not... He was, yeah, not he, he was the warrior who knew how to run and hide, but also knew how to get on the front line. Right. Um, we ain't got much of that anymore. But uh, yeah, and that track, we're not going to talk about. If you understand the detail of it, it was because the sovereigns of the land, the right. queens. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she was trying to reverse. She was everything, trying everything dude. in her power to reverse the Reformation. Yes. And that's why she killed. Somebody. I mean, the Reformation, dude, if we could see something like this take birth in America. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Absolutely. Um, but one other quote just to describe him. Um, and then uh, I got to share my story about him. If you have anything else you can add to uh, just that he can be seen as a revolutionary political figure. Right, he can, 
but he also functioned as a pastor. Yeah. And so I, I always want to give him credit where it's due to these men because sometimes they get such a bad rep. Um, but he had a softer, more caring personality that emerged um, when he was out of the pulpit. Mm-hmm. He got angered by th- things that I believe were worthy of being angry by. Yeah. You know, your actions are always, we, we can debate were his actions right, this and that, depending the time. Yeah. But his anger stemmed from a love for the scriptures, a love for the Lord, and a love for the people love of God. Love for the people. Um, and, and today, do we see that same love for the word, love for the Lord, and love for the people of God that angers you to go, that's unrighteous. I'm mad. Yeah. I, I think we just go, huh? okay. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about that in weeks to come. But my favorite story about him, I have the exact quote. So pretty much John Knox was, uh, he was held captive for 14 years on a ship. Uh, back and forth, um, which is an interesting story. We don't have a lot of history on it. We have enough to know. Um, but while on there, uh, when storms would come or they would ha- they were traveling or whatnot, what would what would the Catholic people do and the leaders in this time? Because remember, the nation was when when the the church ruled the nation in a sense in this time. That's why the Reformation really took place. Um, they would walk around with a picture of Mary. And say, uh, kiss ye picture or whatever for safe travels. Pretty mm-hmm. much saying, let's pray and kiss this picture, hoping that Mary will guard us and give us safe travels. Mm. Since, you know, Mary, who's dead, can do that, right? right. Um, and what does he say when he, when he walked around? Let us see if she can swim. She is light enough. The picture. <laughs> and, and, and as he sits there, let us see if she can swim. And he throws her overboard, the picture. I mean, that he, he saw... <laughs> He saw it as so wrong yeah. to take any of the spotlight off of Christ. I love that. I yeah. love that. It's one of my favorite stories. It's huge. I mean, I may we have that kind of boldness and courageousness and oomph. Yeah. And there's more than oomph to it. But I think how we walk away from this is um, we've got to strive in the church today. I'm, I'm not saying that we do everything that the reformers did because there is some wrong in there too. Yeah. I mean, you look at the end of some of these guys' lives and they struggled. Why? Because of flesh. One of my least favorite things is when they condemn some of the reformers. People do because they're hiccups. I'm like, okay, and since you're perfect. Right. Um, But let's look at what the Lord did use them for. And that was to birth the Protestant Reformation. Uh, many consider John Knox as one of the front runners for the Presbyterian Church starting, mm-hmm. um, and I would agree. Uh, and so, what, how we look at both Ulrich Zwingli, John Knox, and as we talked about William Tyndale, is we in the church we've got to have a love for the Scriptures, mm-hmm. a love for the Lord, and a love for the people of the Lord. Yes, um, I mean because that has been lost. I'd say in the church, we got a lot of manby pamby pastors. Right, and I'm just going to go ahead and say because I used to be one of these guys that wear their skinny jeans and long tees and their $5,000 chains. This is not $5,000, just FYI. <laughs> we got this on a huge sale. Um, and, and, and all that good stuff. And it's all about how am I going to make you feel good this Sunday morning? Mm. And we see with John Knox and Rowan yeah. Lyon, it was, no, you need to know that you're dead in your sin if you don't know Jesus. Right. And we have offended a holy God. Right. I'm like, man, I, I long for that to come back. I mean, shoot, uh, one of my favorite words is reform because of what it means. It means to change. It means to make a change from the direction that you're headed. Mm-hmm. And so let's walk away with something good like that, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. This is good stuff. I'm looking forward to next week. So interesting. I love church I'm history. I'm telling you. 
You can learn a lot from church history. That's why we need to study it. Yeah. I, um, had, I had never heard about either one of these guys, which I think is a travesty. Yeah. I, I think most people are like me and they haven't heard a lot yeah. about the uh, reformers and it's so interesting. Yeah. And, and the guy that we're going to talk about next week with another guy, one of them, everybody's heard of in a yeah. sense. All they've heard is bad. Yeah. And it drives me ballistic. It will be an exciting coffee with Vern. Oh, I brother, I will have plenty to leave say. You, leave you guys with plenty with that cliff to say. <laughs> yeah. Um well until then, let me tell you this. Go Braves. Chop on. Okay. They, yeah. Do they play football, Braves? <laughs> I'm here alone. <laughs> An island. Yeah, Freddie Freeman, I didn't know you played football. Um, <laughs> but go Braves. Somebody pray for Jesse. Um, Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you next week. It's going to be awesome. Have a blessed week. Talk to you soon.